0: Hello beautiful souls and welcome back to another episode of a blessing and divorce. My name is Elizabeth and I'm really happy to have you here as I am every week. Today I want to talk to you about leadership and personal leadership. This is not a business podcast after all. This is a podcast where we work on healing and overcoming and everything that goes with going through a divorce basically. So I want to talk to you about personal leadership and I think and I could be wrong about this, but I think there's two things here that generally don't happen. I don't know how often women really actively pursue learning about leadership or a leadership role. And I think everyone as a human race doesn't really focus on it in relation to their personal life. So I think that's a place I wanna start today. You know, what is personal leadership? What is the, you know, the meaning of it? So I found something online, of course, which it says um, personal leadership is about taking charge of your own life and responsibilities. Part of growing as a leader is to be always ready to expand your capacities and strengths. It's also about having the courage to speak up even when you're not sure of yourself. So we're going to talk about that today and how it matters when you're going through separation and divorce and just even just how it matters as you go through life personally, not necessarily in your workspace or your work life so let's do that hello and welcome back to another episode of a blessing in divorce i am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and day today. my name is elizabeth and i'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of the separation club which is the club you never wanted to be part of but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce Here we talk about how to heal, move forward and find love if you're so inclined. Also, motherhood through divorce, finding yourself and creating the life you deserve. Our tools are community, sisterhood, honesty, vulnerability, spirituality and coaching. And that's when we aren't talking to our experts. I'm also a divorced mother of four adult sons, remarried and a stepmom to three. So we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here. If you are recently separated, thinking of separating, divorcing, or even beyond your divorce, but still feeling it, then this is the podcast for you. And in today's episode, I will be talking about leadership, personal leadership. So let's do this. So here we go. Um, You know, when it comes to leadership in our lives, I'm talking about things like self-mastery, feeling confident, feeling that we are capable of being in charge of our own lives and not feeling that we need to like wait for someone to save the day. Um, it also means showing up as a leader for the people who are counting on us. So this could be our children, for example, because you know when we're going through a divorce, many of us have children when that happens, and they really need our guidance, our love. And in order for them to feel safe and secure while this is happening, they really need you to show up the way you've always shown up you know as the parent who knows the parent who cares the parent who is is kind of taking ownership of the situation in that you're going to help them through this they they need to see you as a steady as a you know like they always have and when when life was good and you weren't going through a crisis You know, showing up as that person felt easy and natural to you. Um, In fact, you probably didn't have to really think about it. Of course, you were their leader, right? (laughs) But when things get really rough, things can get really rough. And we sometimes forget or just lose sight of how important it is that we continue to be that person for our children. I think too often um, when something like that happens, we sometimes expect someone or want someone or, you know count on someone else to kind of come in and save the day for us you know I think in many ways when when we're going to a super crisis like that we we can become almost like children ourselves and I don't mean that literally I mean it more like I, we feel so unsafe and so upended that I think sometimes the fears that we're feeling and the despair and the overwhelm it actually goes back to almost like when we were kids and something overwhelming happened and we would just turn to that safe person, probably a parent, to save the day. And then when we get married, we've kind of assigned that role to this person in our life to not necessarily save us all the time. We're very capable beings, but we've come to rely on that person to be a resource, to be someone who helps, someone who supports, someone who maybe is really strong and steady through a crisis. So here you are kind of tossed out there. (laughs) And I don't mean literally, I don't mean this in the you got tossed out by your ex. I mean that you've been tossed out by life in a way to, and you're free falling, okay? You're kind of going, oh my God, what am I going to do? And it's just so important that we show up for ourselves. But in order order for us to do that, we really have to also understand and believe and know that we're capable of showing up for ourselves. So let's start with that you are, okay? You are capable. You haven't lost your ability to manage life, to manage parenthood, to um, cope, to, to just get through the day because this is happening. Now, it might feel much harder, and you might feel really overwhelmed and overpowered almost by big, big emotions. You might be dealing with some depression or anxiety. You might be, um, yeah, just really dealing with a lot of fear, a lot of grief, a lot of sorrow, a lot of tears, a lot of emotions. And that's normal, and that doesn't mean you're a bad leader or that you're doing something wrong. It's just so important that while you must allow those feelings to work through you, it's also important to remember and remind yourself that I will get through this, that I am capable of doing this. There will be a day where I actually look back on this and realize I did it. It just isn't today. So today I might decide that today's the day I'm just going to sit in the puddle and cry and that's okay. But tomorrow or later today, I'm going to dust off or when my kids come home and I'm going to step up and be their leader because they need me or I'm going to be a leader in my own life because I need me to do that in order for me to get through this. I can't sit and wait for someone else to save me. And listen to that statement for a second. I can't sit and wait for someone to come and save me. Well, why would you even want that? Really? Right? Being feeling confident and capable in life and being a leader to yourself means that you say to yourself, I can take care of this. I might not know how I might not be able to do it today because I'm just really struggling today, but I will do it and I will manage. I'm resilient. I'm strong. I can do this, right? So let's just start off with accepting and embracing the fact that you have not lost your ability to take care of your life. You've not lost your capacity to cope and to be resilient and, and to step up for yourself and to to get through this crisis. You are as able to do that as I was when I was exactly where you are now. It's just a choice, really. It's a choice to say at some point, okay, enough for today tomorrow I might have another bad day and that's okay. But today I'm just going to worry about today. Today I'm going to show up for myself or in 10 minutes when I'm done with this tea, I'm going to stand up out of this chair or get out of bed and I'm going to do something that makes me feel a little better. I'm going to show up as a leader in my life. So, you know, what What does that mean to be a leader? It's a label in a way and it's a, it's a role, if you will. And it's a role that even just saying I'm going to be a leader to myself is so much more empowering than using other labels like we tend to use when we're going through this. Like, I'm, you know, I'm broken. I feel devastated. I'm I'm a victim. I'm heartbroken. I was blindsided. I feel so lost. All of these words imply that we don't know what to do um, and that someone else is in control. You know, somebody else threw us out or blindsided us or broke our heart or took away our foundation, which is why we feel so lost. And yes, there might be someone else who made a decision that is now greatly affecting you. And that's what you're up against. And that's what you're reeling from. Like, I, I get that. Like, it happened to me. But it's disempowering to hand them that leadership role. Um in that they get to decide how you feel in a way because they're deciding, you know, to do this thing to you, right? Or as a leader, you can say to yourself, you know, what this person has chosen to do has really hurt me, it's devastated me, and I feel a lot of fear around what's coming ahead of me, but I know that I will figure it out. I don't know how, but I will. How does that feel to say? So you're not necessarily saying, I've got it all figured out. You don't have to have it all figured out, by the way. You just have to kind of decide that I accept that I will figure it out and that I'm capable of doing the things that I need to do to get through this. And even, I don't even know how I'm going to get through this. It feels so scary and hard, but I will. Don't know how, but I will. Do you think you can say that? Does that feel a little bit easier to say than, oh, I've got this. You know, it's one of those things that I, I digress a little bit, but I'm going to. You know, in my Facebook group, it's a beautiful group of women, and they support each other so beautifully when, you know, somebody posts something. But there's a comment that a lot of people tend to post, and it's like, you got this. You got this. And I I know that the intent of of sharing that comment is to empower and to let someone know that you can do this. You've got this. But when you're devastated and crying and heartbroken and don't know which side is up or forward or backwards and just simply lost all the things I just said, when those are your feelings, you've got this, is not helpful. And I get that. So I'm not going to say that. But what I am going to say is, can you open the your mind and open the door to that you will have this figured out one day. There will come a day where you're looking back on this. Let's not worry about how long it's gonna take. Let's not worry about how. Let's just say, okay, yeah, I can accept that because I did it and all these other people have done it and, you know, it for no other reason, right? So let's talk a little bit more then about leadership because I believe that being a leader in your own life for yourself and your family and on this journey is one of the ways, or the way even, that you will start putting one foot in front of the other to get through this. You know, true leadership of others, and even of ourselves in our own lives, only comes when we really stop worrying about what everyone else thinks, or about pleasing everyone else. First of all, pleasing everyone is unattainable. It's not doable, you can't. There's always going to be someone in the back, cheap seats, He was going to let you know that that doesn't look good, or I don't like that, or I don't think you should do that, or why are you doing that, or that's stupid, or that's not smart, whatever. They're always going to have their opinion, and that's okay. They're entitled to it. They might not have to say it, but they do. But that's okay, because to be a true leader, you have to be willing to go against the grain. You have to be willing to go against what other people think, as long as you know it's right for you. So being a true leader is following the call, the call to something higher, your higher purpose, your higher values, your core values, your belief system, the things that you think is right. You know, one of the ways that I know I showed up as a leader in my life when I was going through my divorce was, you know, these typical things, these happen to everything, everybody. You know, you get that email from your lawyer, Um, they've gotten an email from the other lawyer, and now there's a... You know, so you know your ex is asking for this thing. Maybe it's a parenting adjustment, schedule adjustment, or something. Or maybe even it's your ex reaching out to you directly to adjust a parenting schedule or ask for something for over the holidays, an accommodation or flexibility of some kind. Whatever, right? Your instinct, your 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 gut might first tell you, and this is your ego talking. Might first go, no way. You know, they've caused me so much trouble. You know, too bad, so sad. If they don't like it, they can. Lump it, you know, whatever. Like that might be what we'd like to say, but here's what I taught myself during all this because my my divorce went hostile very quickly. My ex was very angry with me, and um, yeah, it was just very hostile. And I didn't I didn't want to live with this anger and hostility and this vindictiveness in my life all the time. I didn't want to have it in my heart. I didn't want to have it in my body. And when you are engaging with someone else's hostility, you are carrying that hostility in your body. It just, it's heavy, it's icky, it doesn't feel good. So when I got those emails, whether it was from my lawyer or from my ex with a request, I always kind of took a deep breath because I would, it, I would instinctively, just like you, have that gut reaction of, no, there's no walking way well. and I'm not letting this happen, right? That was the gut instinct. But then I would take a deep breath and I would not answer right away, or I would say, I'll get back to you. Let me figure some things out and get back to you, right? Something. In our case, there was very little communication and there was no friendly communication. So I would just wait. I wouldn't respond right away. And I would take the time that I needed. Sometimes it was an hour, sometimes a few minutes, sometimes a day, and other times I had to sleep on it. And I would just wait until the next morning until I woke up. But I would I would literally this is what I would do. I put my hand on my heart and I would ask myself, what feels right? What feels right? Right for the kids, right for me, right for my ex? What's the right thing to do here? And sometimes that meant having what I wanted and sticking to my guns and saying, putting a boundary in place and saying, no, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that or can't do that. And other times it meant saying, you know what? It's maybe a little bit inconvenient or maybe I'm getting a little less time. But I understand why he's asking for this and it's okay. It's This is like, this is one of those fights I'm not going to fight on. This is something I can easily give. Everybody will be happy. No one's getting hurt, including me, right? So I'm just going to say yes to this one, even if that meant giving him what he wanted because he wasn't doing a whole lot of giving me what I wanted. But you know what? We get caught up in the tit for tat and um, that really low vibration of you know, my ex doesn't deserve this, or I don't want to do that, or, you know, whatever, then it creates a tone that stays with the two of you as you continue to co-parent or go through this legal and financial journey that a divorce eventually ends up being. So that was how I would show up as a leader in my own life. I wasn't just focused on what I wanted. I was trying to really focus on what was the right thing to do? And what was the better thing to do for everyone? The higher good. If I was gonna tap into my higher self, the place of love and compassion and kindness and respect, then what was I what would I choose from that place? That is personal leadership. Okay? That's where we want to go. And you know what that resulted in? It didn't result ever in regret. I never went to bed feeling like I probably could have handled that better when I when I went about my decision that way, by the way. There were other times where I didn't, where I reacted emotionally, and then I did experience that sometimes. But when I gave myself time to really reach inside and, and come to the right decision, I always felt good about it. So often the decision was made in the evening before I went to bed, I'd be thinking about it, and I'd make the decision, but I still wouldn't reach out, I wouldn't say anything until I woke up next morning and i have kind of double check for myself. Do I still feel the same way? Yes, I do. And then, and then that would be it. I would send off that email or send a text back to him and let him know that that was fine. Or if I needed to make a tiny adjustment. So I believe that I showed up then as a leader, not just to myself, by the way, but as a leader to my children. Because these kinds of decisions really affected them as well. And they didn't even have to know about those decisions. These were decisions that I made as their leader for them because I knew what was best for them. Without involving their emotions, without including them in this very hostile kind of exchange between their dad and I, just I'm going to reach into my higher self. I'm going to make the right decision here. If I felt that I needed to consult them, I wanted to ask them because my kids were teenagers, so they weren't little. So sometimes, you know, I needed to ask them what they thought. And I would do that. Um, But I would position it very neutrally very just not this is what he wants and this is what I want I didn't want that to be pulled by guilt or loyalty or any of those things just here are the options what would you prefer without necessarily saying which option was mine or which option was their dad's because they might have felt compelled to agree with me about my decision or my desire because they were in front of me when I was asking and that's not fair to them and that's not leadership That's me trying to get my way, whether it's on purpose or not. But that's me operating through my ego of insecurity and needing validation. Okay, and that's not what a true leader does. You know, I mentioned how we can get really wrapped up in what the other person is doing um, and, you know, kind of lower ourselves to that lower vibration of meeting equal with equal. So if we're getting lack of flexibility or hostility, then we return with lack of flexibility and hostility, right? And so we create this low vibration of being between you and your partner and it's, it, it just grows, it becomes a bigger and stickier mess that becomes harder and harder to overcome and get past that. In fact, some of the you know the the horrible things that people say to each other and their their hostility when dealing with each other and the toxicity that can happen between two partners as they're divorcing really sets the tone for months, even years to come as this couple or these two people rather. Try to like i said co parent and manage children and holidays and all those things in the years to come. you know one day <laughs> you're gonna have to both be at someone's wedding or graduation or greet a new grandchild and you know do you want it to always be one of these things where you know your your kids have to plan two of everything, two graduation dinners two um, birthday parties for you, you know, first birthday parties for the the grandchildren or whatever, because you and your ex can't possibly be in the same space or, you know, want more attention or something like that. And that's the situation that my kids are in, you know, because of him not being able to get past that and not let go of that of the ego part of him that absolutely needs to be the winner here and and be right and whatever it's been going on for, I mean, he's been like this for 15 years. I have zero contact with him anymore. And our kids are grown. There's no need for us to have contact, which is fine. But when my son got married almost five years ago, it was a real thing. It was the first time him and I were going to be in the same space for years. And... It was fine with me because I really don't carry any hostility. I don't have any issues anymore. Like it's just, it's so far gone. I don't care anymore. But he has decided to still make it a thing and to care and to be angry. And so it was really hard on him. It was really, you could tell, it was it was quite awful for him to be there. And so, you know, he left early and, and, and just was very uncomfortable for many parts of the day. Which is really unfortunate because on some level, it you know, it didn't go unnoticed by my children and it's just something that carries forward and it's just, it's no way for him to live really. I had a wonderful day, but that's because I chose to lead the way from that place. I chose to be a leader of my side of the family and for myself and for my children to show up as just someone who was deliriously happy about this wedding, um, this beautiful Bride that he chosen to to marry, um, my wonderful daughter-in-law, and to to be a leader, even from my side of the family, who is there to support me after all, and 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 of course my son, but to show the way. You know, we're here because this is a happy event. We're here for love and kindness and family, and we're not here to in any way relive or rehash or stay in this low negative energy that existed 15 years ago when we went through divorce so that was my choice and I believe that was um, a leadership choice I showed up as a leader in my family with that in that regard and and led the way from that place and here's the thing you know I, I've referred to this many times in previous episodes, but I one of the things I find the most um, sad really to see as I do this work is the lack of kindness and respect and anything that, that there is between partners when they start to divorce. You know, they start out in the relationship with so much love and, and kindness for each other and things go wrong and whatever's happened. But the desire to be right and to not be the bad guy and to not be the one who's at fault causes people to go down the very difficult and negative road of blame and um, judgment and anger and other things like that. So I, I really am trying to impart on the world and maybe very much, I guess, in this episode as well, to choose kindness, to choose compassion, and to choose love um, you know if we want more kindness brought into our space and into our life then we have to be kinder and be kind to others I think the problem often is that we wait for others to take the lead it's like when you run into neighbors out in the store somewhere or people um, you kind of don't really know but you know them well enough to say hi But then you kind of look over, but they're not looking at you. And you're like, well, I'm not going to be the first one to say hello. So you just keep walking and pretending like you don't see them. And then they do the same. And you kind of know they're doing the same. And no one's saying hello. You know, that weird kind of thing. Well, it's the same with everything in life. Why are you waiting for someone else to show you kindness so that you can be kind? Why are you waiting for someone else to show love towards you before you show love towards them? Why are you waiting for someone to lead the way in flexibility and compassion and kindness and respect when you can lead the way. And you might think you are by not being unkind and disrespectful and, you know, not lacking in compassion. But you know what? It's not enough to not be doing something negative. That is not equal to doing something positive. Being a leader is a positive action. It's choosing to do and to lead the way in kindness, so if you want more kindness in your lot in your life, you have to lead with kindness. you have to choose kind actions. you have to choose to maybe offer to go pick the kids up because you happen to know that your ex is inconvenienced and it's really challenging for them to get them that day or you're closer anyway so a quick text going hey you know what I'm going to be in the area anyway why don't I grab them I'll drop them off at your place it's no big deal that's kindness that's just consideration it's because why not you would have done it for each other without hesitation once upon a time and why would you stop now I'm not saying that you bend over backwards and abandon boundaries or any of those things. Not at all, on the contrary. But if we choose kindness and we choose to lead with kindness and we choose to, to do things from a place of kindness and love and compassion and respect, and we do that repeatedly and repeatedly, eventually the other person is going to mirror that and respond in the same way because it will feel easier to do that because that's the space that you're living in to reach you they have to be kind because that's where you're coming from that's the vibration you're living in you know to to turn to a really kind and considerate person who's only giving you kindness and consideration and do something or say something really unkind is actually only going to feel really icky for you like really uncomfortable it'll probably make that person feel uncomfortable on some level as well but It'll actually probably affect you more than them. So lead with what you want. And, you know, again, like, you know, law of attraction. We, we get what we put out in the world, right? But if you think about it in practical terms, like I just laid out, you know that I'm right about this. You know that this is, this is how, it, how it works. And it's what we show our children. You know, we teach our kids, like, um, do unto others as you want done unto you. Yeah, lead and live that. You know, one thing is to teach our kids and say those things, but if you don't live it, then they're not actually going to believe you. You have to lead by doing, by taking action that way, by showing them the way, by showing them how to be kind to unkind people, how to be loving towards people who feel closed off from love right now, how to be respectful towards people who might not be very respectful back because you're not really necessarily doing it for them specifically. You're doing it because you believe it's right. You're doing it because you're choosing to live from your higher self. You're choosing to live from your heart and soul and not from your ego. You're choosing to show up in the best way that you can in life to model that for your children, to model that for anyone around you, and to show yourself that no matter what happens in your life, no no matter how much crap gets dealt your way or thrown your way, you are still able to reach that higher self. So what do you do when you're sobbing and crying and furious and frustrated? Because all of those feelings happen, all of them, and you're so entitled to feel those things. You know what you do? You feel those things. Go ahead and be angry. Go to the gym and punch a bag. Um, write in your journal. Contact your therapist. Call up your coach. Call your friends. Jump into a Facebook group that offers support. Express your anger. Write it in your journal. Did I say that already? You know, just get it. Feel it. Express it in a safe place where you're not hurting anyone by expressing it, where you're not being vindictive or unkind. Just allow yourself to feel the anger, the frustration, the pain, the grief, the sorrow. Cry, yell, run, walk, feel, wallow for a little bit. Do all of those things. But when you act, when you make decisions for yourself and your children, when you show up in the world for yourself and others, then you step into your higher self. And you say, what is the right thing for me to do here? I'm going to do what is right, what I believe to be the right thing to do. I'm not trying to please anyone other than my higher self. I'm not abandoning my boundaries. I am not um, giving in or being a doormat. It's not about that. I am choosing to live from my higher self so that my heart can smile And know that I did my best today. That's all I ask of myself. Lead by stepping forward as your best, the best that you can be in any moment or decision. When you start speaking words like, well, it's just not fair, and so I'm not going to do that, or this person doesn't deserve my kindness, and you're not coming from your higher self. You're coming from your ego. The ego is the part of you that is always comparing to other people, who's always trying to be right, better, best, Um, but in the comparison way, in the winning way, in the competitive way, not from a place of kindness and respect and love, but from, I'm going to show you that I'm better, regardless of what that's going to, you know, how I go about it or what that's going to cost you, regardless of how that makes you feel, I want to feel good. It's not a great place to come from. It might feel good for a moment, for a few hours, but it doesn't feel good in the long run. So, my dear, my followers, my listeners, thank you for being here, by the way, and allowing me to lead you forward um, as you go through this. And I take that that part, that that place in your life very seriously and with feel the responsibility of it And so I always ask myself when I write out my notes or I choose a topic, how can I show up as a leader for them on this topic or in this area? And as much as I wish that there was more kindness and love and compassion in this world, I can, all I can do is show up as that person and maybe teach you a few things about how to show up as that person, or maybe even inspire you to show up as that person, because I know that she lives inside you. I know that that this is within you. I know that you are an incredible, inspiring, beautiful, loving, kind, compassionate leader. That that exists in you. And so today is really about that invitation to show up as that person. I'm not asking you to be perfect. It's got nothing to do with that. I'm not asking you to always do the right thing. Leaders make mistakes all the time. In fact, they make mistakes because they're always out there trying to do the right thing. And sometimes that means doing stuff you've never done before or making decisions that feel really scary because you've never made that decision before. And sometimes you're gonna make a mistake and that's okay. But it's not gonna feel that bad because you know that you did it for the right reason. It just turned out to be the wrong thing. Maybe you need to apologize to someone or yourself and move on. Take your lesson and choose differently next time. So I wanted to leave you with one little exercise, sort of. Um, Imagine I ask, well, I'm asking you, what is your favorite color? So let's just say my favorite color is purple, okay? And I... Because my favorite color is purple, I think about purple and I tend to buy purple things or I tend to surround myself with my favorite color. And now other people who like purple are more drawn to me, for example, or I tend to attract people um, that are also like happen to like purple. So. I'm a purple person and I attract purple people and then I attract purple opportunities and purple things and purple events and purple whatever, right? Okay, so do you kind of see where I'm getting at, what I'm getting at here? So, you know, I talk about, you know, be loving to attract love, be kind to attract kindness. Um, If you can't think of anything else, just think of spilling a color. I'm going to be as purple as I can be because that's the essence of who I am. Or maybe your color yellow, be as yellow as you could possibly be and spill yellow everywhere. And people who love yellow, your very essence will be attracted to you. Opportunities that are yellow will be attracted to you. And so yellow will become who you are and what you do and what happens in your life. So if nothing else, think about your favorite color and then think about spilling it out and seeing How many other yellow or blue or purple or pink or green people are out there? For you, be your essence. Always choose to show up as your very best, the part of you that lights you up. Now, I know, and I remember this again from my own experience when I went through this. The first question I asked myself once I kind of got over the absolute like emotional shock of it all was, who am I? I had no idea who I was or what my purpose was or my core values or anything like that. I just didn't know. I'd never thought about it. And all those years, I mean, I knew I had family values and I cared about my kids and my husband and, you know, all those things. But, and I hear this from my coaching clients and from people who come into the Facebook group and my memberships all the time. I just want to find my purpose, Elizabeth. I just want to find out who I am. I want to, I want to use my voice better, but I don't even know what I believe in anymore. Like, you know, everything I believed in has fallen apart, or I don't trust myself, I don't trust my judgment, I don't trust, you know, my decisions anymore, because of all this. And to show up as a leader in our lives, it is so important that we trust ourselves and are in touch with who we are and what matters to us and and discover our purpose and our beliefs and our values and all those things. Now, I know how I did it. And that was with a lot of reflection, meditation, journaling, and all those things. And coaching. I hired a coach who, and I've done that many times in my life, whenever I feel a little lost, I feel a little low on the purple scale or the leadership scale or whatever in my own life, I hire a coach to guide me through it. And I want to let you know that I am currently taking new coaching clients. I have opened up some days in my calendar, because I want to do this work with you. And I know that as much as you know, reaching out to you here on the podcast is great. And there's so many wonderful podcasts that you could listen to and learn from. But I also know that sitting and working with someone and talking through your specific um, concerns, beliefs, problems, fears, emotions, finding your color Um you need to do that with someone. And this is probably the most important thing you will do as you go through this. This is what will really determine your future. You know, we place so much value or so much importance on, I should say, not value, so much importance on um, the legal journey and the financial and like getting all that sorted. And we get so bogged down with all of that. And yes, it's important. And yes, it has to be dealt with, but those are not the things that ultimately heal you and, help you create the life that you want, the dream of, the the love that you want in your life one day, all of those things. That you have to find within. And one of the first, first ways, really, that you can show up as a leader in your life is to choose to learn those things, is to choose to get help. Leaders ask for help. They don't know everything. They know that they want to know. And then they go and they learn it. So let me know. I'll put the information below on how to, um, you know, coaching packages and how to get in touch with me. But I invite you to step forward as your own leader, as a leader of your life and your family and choose to do something for yourself that helps you show up the way you want to show up now and tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and be that leader in your life for yourself and for those that you love. Thank you so much for being here with me again today. I am always so grateful and so appreciative when I hear from you, when you tell me that you enjoy these podcasts and that you know, you look forward to Wednesdays when they come out. That absolutely warms my heart. And I really feel like I'm talking directly to you and I feel so connected to all of you when I sit here and record these. And I love to hear from you. So thank you to all of you who sent me those beautiful messages. And maybe I could ask you a little favor before I go today. Would you please leave a comment and give me a stars, maybe five, um, before you turn off this podcast and leave your podcast app, just quickly go and leave your review. A few words and a few stars will go a long way to helping other women find this podcast. Other people who need to hear these messages will find it more easily when more of you are leaving reviews and stars. So I thank you in advance for doing that. And I appreciate it. And then I will see you over um, on my coaching website. And I look forward to scheduling you into my calendar. Let's do this work together. Let's spill some color. (laughs) Let's show up as leaders in our life. Have the most beautiful day.